So here's something you won't hear very often. God is love, but love is not God. What? What? Yeah, in our culture nowadays, we tend to treat love as if it is God. Now, that's not biblical. God is love, meaning that love is an aspect of God's character, but love itself is not God. Right, and I think we do that because we elevate these feelings of love into the definition of love, and so if I don't feel it, then it must not be, which therefore whatever I feel is what I bow down to or I right. make others bow down to. And so Right, well it's like the old dictates, adage. Yeah. The old adage is all is fair in love and war. Mm. Well no. <laughs> not biblically speaking, not yeah. all is fair in love and war. Yeah. God determines what is just and fair and true. And yes, love is an aspect of his character, but no, not every desire that we have needs to fall at the altar of love. In other words, any loving quote unquote desire that we have doesn't rule over us. Instead, mm. we we su- we submit our definition of love to unto God, right? And He determines what love is. So, thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the other side. All right, I think this is an appropriate topic because this is the first video that we are posting since kind of our revamp of our YouTube channel. <laughs> All right, it's a podcast episode, so if you're listening, you're wondering, what is going on? Yeah, it's still a podcast episode, but we're recording these videos, and we're posting them on our brand new, or at least revamped, (laughs) YouTube page, that's what they're called, and it's going to be called, (laughs) it's called The Fierce Family. It's awesome. So it's The Fierce Family, it's going to be our YouTube presence, we're going to have parenting stuff, marriage stuff there, we're going to do maybe man talks, where I'm going to get on and talk to guys, just one-on-one, you're going to talk to the ladies as the Lord leads, we might post some random, like... Bread recipes, because that's something that that I love doing as a family. So anything that has to do with what does it mean to live out the full implications of Scripture mm-hmm. as a family, yeah. namely as a married couple, as parents, and then whatever else. So we're just going to have that all kind of out in the open via YouTube, including our full-length podcast episodes and probably some chopped up versions as well. Yeah. So now you get to see us and watch us and we actually have to get dressed when we record these podcast yeah. episodes. Now that we're undressed. But well, who's to say who's whether or not we have pants on? Him. But we actually don't know what's are going getting on, ready <laughs> for y'all to see our faces. So yeah, this is I think a very appropriate first video because yes. we're talking about this idea of love. And love really is such a foundational human idea. I think intuitively we understand what love is. But we, we don't often intuitively root ourselves in God's v- version of love, meaning that we know that there's like this gap in our guts for love. We want to feel love. We want to give love. We want to receive love. Yeah. What are you looking at me like when that? When you one? said it's a human idea, I was like, well, no, it's not. <laughs> it's well, God's it's a human, idea. I think it's a human instinct, I should say. It's a it's a human desire. There's, a I think, this, yeah, like a yeah. hole inside of us that naturally just longs to be loved and known. Yeah. But it is not something that we came up with in our own heads, right, obviously. Right. I didn't mean to say that. So, so that's okay. You are forgiven. All right. Well, <laughs> since this is on YouTube now and our podcast <laughs> listeners have been putting up with this for years now, <laughs> go ahead and do whatever you do on YouTube to, to express appreciation for this. <laughs> on the podcast world, you would you would comment, subscribe, rate, review, yeah. subscribe. On YouTube, you can probably hit a like button. You can subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. I got to figure out what There's to say there. There's links and things. So if <laughs> links you want links and things, see, we're just we're we're getting old. We're getting on the, nah, with the nonsense. street youths. <laughs> nonsense. The internet's just evolving at a breakneck pace. It's true. You got to figure this stuff out. It's true. So, so, so if you want to partner with us to uh, fiercemarriage.com/partner, that's how you can figure out where to go to 
help support this yeah. ministry. That is something that they can probably link into as well. So yes. just check it out. Who's they? That's the me. listeners that's and me. that's this guy. <laughs> and the seers, the yeah. viewers. <laughs> the seers. Welcome, seers. Come. That's wrong come one. unto the channel and be fed. <laughs> the bread of oh, uh, whatever. My. Okay. So, so we've been doing a bunch of different series over the last, I'd say, three Nine months, ten Nine months. Nine months. Wow, it's been that long. <laughs> You're going to say yeah, the last few days. So, no, we've been doing yeah. different series and kind of exploring topics more in depth. Um, this time, we are going to kind of go to some fan favorites or some of the m- most downloaded mm-hmm. episodes and rediscuss some of those things and kind of bring to light some, I think, just different, not different truths, because the truth is still the truth, but... Uh, we have new insights and new um, wisdom around yeah. things that we discussed four years ago. Yeah, because so it's okay to revisit some of this stuff bubbling to the surface. I think, especially with uh, the culture that we're in now. And so, one the, and one of our kind of ongoing things that we say is that marriage is really just an excuse, and family—they're just an excuse to talk about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so, we're always learning. Like, not that the gospel is unchanging, but our understanding of it is being deepened every day yeah. by God's grace and the way that we're able to hash that out as a married couple. Right. And so that's why we're going to revisit some of these. You said they're kind of fan faves. The, <laughs> the way that we're able to know that is we look at our downloads, yeah. right? So last time I checked, we had over 10 million downloads on the oh, podcast, wow, yeah. which is fun. Podcast analytics are weird, so I don't know what that actually means. The point is, there's been a lot of people listening to stuff, and we said, what are the, what are the episodes that have been the most kind of perennial favorites? Right. And this is one of them because I feel like the question, what is love, yeah. is probably one of the most important and most difficult questions that we have to answer as you, humans and as marriage people. Marriage you better ministers. believe that yeah. uh, the music video was played uh, while we were <laughs> doing our research. <laughs> if you know, you know, right? No. What, what, what video? What, uh, is, what love? love is, yeah. What I is was love? singing, I want to know what love <laughs> he is. He was. That was his song. <laughs> Got her off guard with that one. Okay, so we're going to talk about three questions today. Uh, what is love, or who is love, rather, I think is mm. the, the phrase we're using. Uh, what are the markers of love being at work in our life or our lives as believers? And then how can we then love each other better because of who we know and believe about love? Yeah. Who, or know, who we know and what we believe about love. What or who is love? Okay, well... You got to go to the Bible for this, which we will go there I in a moment. At, yeah, I mean, let's we're going to contrast yes. these definitions of love. And listener, viewer, you might be saying, yeah, 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 I know what love is in the Bible and I know what the mm. world is saying about love. Or maybe not. Maybe I would, I, I, no, I'm, I'm challenging that. And I'm saying that sometimes our view of love, our, our default is to drift away from God's truth. Mm. And so let's reorient ourselves with what it is by first contrasting what it is not. Yeah. So. So what is it not? What is it not? <laughs> we went to a few different websites and I'm not going to name any of them because I don't want to give them any traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because their definitions are just not that great? Is that what you're saying? Well, the, we're contrasting like what love is and what it's not. Ooh. So so this is this a, the first red flag. Okay. You brought up this article. The first yes. red flag. 10 people explain what love means to them. To them. And so this to is- them. There's, is pe- it is is it a relative? Okay, these are they're <laughs> classified in people that are not in a relationship. This is what they say love is. They okay. say love is security, 
Love is indescribable. Love is about mm. give and take. Okay. Love is respect. Ooh. Love is being in sync. Love is commitment. Okay. That's being what a sync. sync- <laughs> With who, if you're single, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the see, you can see how the ideals when you're not in a relationship, there's kind of some high expectations and ideals about yeah. what you believe love is. For couples that have been together for a year or more, love is vulnerability. It's growing together. We can use quote fingers, and you can see it. Yes, I don't have to say it, even though I just <laughs> did right. for you. Love is knowing your uh, spouse's love language. Love is healthy communication. Love is equality. For couples, this is just to get you thinking. For couples in long-term relationships, love is accepting their flaws. Hmm. Love is patience. That's all they had. There's a biblical one. That's all they had. So the ideals get less as you... (laughs) Yeah, apparently that's all they can only find to people in long relationships. Uh, Go ahead. I don't know if you want to keep going, but I, the thing that gets me about every single one of those definitions is every one of them has some semblance of truth in there. Yes, right? No one's saying love is punching someone in the face. Like no one is saying that. No one is saying love is giving up on somebody. Right. No. However, but we live it out differently. We do. We do. Love is not something that we fall out of, right? As believers, it's not just this feeling. There is an overflow of, I think, feelings of love, which yeah. is a grace of God, but I think the affections, that's not what we're... The, the feelings of love, the affections, affections of love yeah, a good word. Are, are good and worthy of in some regard, mm-hmm. worthy of pursuit. Like, I want to feel like I love my wife. That's right. an okay thing. Now, if those feelings are not there, and this, we'll talk about this at length in this episode, does that now say that love is gone? Or does that, is, is there some other truth? Mm, governing there. Governing there. Yeah, because if, if love is just a matter of, can I get those right, those, neuro, those, those specific <laughs> neuropathways firing right. so that I can feel the affections of love, the happiness, the elation, the, I don't know, being yeah. Twitter-pated, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> if that's what love is, then, oh man, we're in trouble. Unless that's there's something what I deeper. I believe love is, yeah. It, unless there's something deeper there. So you have another d- definition of love here. Can yeah. That? You know, you can just go in dictionaries and find all kinds of things online. A strong feeling or affection and concern towards another person as that arising from kinship or cl- <laughs> close friendship. A uh, strong feeling or affection and concern for another person accompanied by sexual attraction. So, oh, goodness. a lot of these are being classified by a strong feeling or affection. That's the key word throughout a lot of these definitions. An intense emotional attachment <laughs> to something as to a pet or a treasured object. <laughs> That's one of the definitions. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but. To feel love for a person. There are different types of love, and we can talk about that. Biblically speaking, what dictionary is this? This is this is a weird dictionary. Anyway, yeah, you know what? Dictionary. There's no <laughs> there's no mention of love as a verb, right? Or a governing or any sort of governing instructive. Like is and here's the question I want to ask today: Is love objective? Hmm. Is it fixed? Is it a fixed thing that that we need to figure out, or is it something that is not objective it's always subjective evolving always changing. evolving and dependent on other factors right okay and the world would say like and, and this is the common refrain and it's like nails on the chalkboard but oh i love you but i'm no longer in love with Ooh. you yeah meaning that i don't want to be committed to you mm-hmm. and i just don't want to feel bad about that <laughs> that's what there that is, means there is. I love you but i'm not in love like have you ever heard a, a more ridiculous statement right if you love somebody, then you love somebody. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. 
Now, I can only have one wife, so I can say to my good friend, hey, I love you, man. Right. But, but that doesn't mean I want to be love. with him. It means I want to, I love my wife as my wife, so I'm committed to loving her as my wife. Now, sometimes the feelings aren't there. Of loving me? Yeah. What? So, sometimes I don't feel like... No way. All I always, the feelings. I always feel well, 100% I, but that's because, all the time I mean, of loving you. I mean, look who you're married to. I mean, <laughs> oh, this is backfiring. <laughs> I will say this. No, I'm kidding. We, you, you would, you're joking because I know that you don't always feel this <laughs> way toward me. And I'm far from perfect. Um, of course, you, are. You, however, are not. Mm. The reasons my feelings go away is because I am imperfect, <laughs> not because you are. Uh, so but kind. the point is, is that we made a covenant to one another. Yeah. And I think we should probably talk about covenant pretty soon again to revisit that conversation. But we made a covenant. It's not a contract. It's not based on what I can get from you. Yeah. It's based on what I've committed to give to you. Mm. you like, that is the, the world-appending revelation when it comes to love, covenant, and marriage, is that my marriage to my wife is because of what I've promised to give to her, not what I have to gain from her. Yeah. And if both spouses take that that and internalize it and live that out, what happens is you have this marriage that is flourishing. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a, a contest of generosity. Right. Where you are giving to one another without strings, without bounds. Go ahead. And within those moments of not feeling strong to love one another, not feeling uh, those, like it's easy to love one another, I think that's where the Holy Spirit comes in and that's where we can rest in the Lord and ask mm-hmm. him for help and petition the Holy Spirit to help empower us to love our spouse and to just be obedient to living out what we define as love. So mm-hmm. let's just this go into this next question of, of who is love? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as believers, as people of God, we believe that God is love. We see this throughout all of scripture being defined. First John 4, we're going to read that in mm-hmm. just a few minutes. Uh, but love, God is love and love is or was personified through Jesus Christ. So let's stop and talk about what, uh, about defining love and yeah. love personified in Jesus. So uh, in our book, Fierce Marriage, we do talk a lot about, I don't know if you want to show it or if it matters. We're we into showing things now. right now because we really can. Because <laughs> we can. <laughs> uh, in this book, we talked about how Jesus is our only reliable definition and source of real love. So how can we say that? Can I take a small detour? And I'm not going to go too too far off, I promise. In I think it's in Exodus chapter 3. Was it the burning bush? Chapter sure. 3. I want to say either 3, 4, 5, or 6. One, one Somewhere in Exodus, in the beginning. <laughs> Early. <laughs> God is speaking to Moses through the burning bush. Mm. And... <laughs> And Moses says, well, okay, I'm supposed to go get the, the Israelites. I'm supposed to get get my people, not Israelites yet, but I'm supposed to get, go get my people. The Hebrews. I guess they were Israelites at that point. And, and get them out of slavery. And Moses is like, well, who should I tell them you are? Who should I say sent me? And God's response is so profound, so profound. He says, I am that I am. Like, I, ego a me, right? I am. Like, you can't say, there's no other standard by which you can measure me, God is talking like, you can't say that I'm good so because good. I'm the very definition of good. To say that I'm good is to say that I'm something other than what I am because there's no thing that is good outside of me. Yeah. Wow. When we say God is love, to say God is loving is to, is to degrade God himself because God is not somehow subjecting himself to an external standard of love and then conforming to it and then being a loving God. He is himself love. Mm-hmm. So when we say God is love, 
we're saying that the very foundation, the very root, the very source of our definition, our understanding of love itself is in the person and the character mm. of the everlasting God. Mm-hmm. Now think about how profound that is in that when we say, I want to love somebody, I need to now look to him and say, what, what are you like? Mm-hmm. What have you done to show me that you, you love me so that I can understand your love? Now I can take that understanding, that experience of love, and now I can Which give is it not, to another. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, I don't want to jump into Ephesians 5 too much because that is obviously a hot controversial topic of how we love one another and the roles that we have in marriage. But the idea of a husband being called to love his wife as Christ loved the church. Again, if we look at the definition of who love is, what he gave up to love, to to Mm -hmm. make us his own, is is something we can't ever pay back. And so Mm -hmm. this, this calling to love one another as Christ has loved the church, this calling to love because God is love. First John is yeah. it First John four nineteen? We're going to jump into First John in just a minute, but uh, we can only love because He first loved us. Amen. I mean, there's a lot of profound. And first... so, what happens in a culture that is godless, like our own, mm-hmm. is you we want all the gifts of the giver without the giver himself, yeah. love included. And we'll say, yeah. I want to love because I had this hole in myself to feel and experience love and to give love, and it's part of the human kind of DNA is to to love but I don't want God. Mm. And so now well, I'm going to start defining love based on what I, because love, real love is hard. Like real love as <laughs> our, our own God showed himself, it requires sacrifice, mm-hmm. but, but fake love will never require sacrifice in the same way mm-hmm. because with fake love, with worldly love, with the love that is defined by anything other than the, the definition God gave us, it will always, at the end of the day, it will always be self-focused. It'll always be, rooted in self and not rooted in the other or rooted in Christ himself. Is it too strong to say that any other definition of love is a lie of love outside of God? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now there's a lot to be said about <laughs> what that means that God is love. And so there's a lot of texture to that right. that ultimate definition, but any definition outside of God's, I'll, I'll say, is a lie. Brian's sure. my seminary, my seminary okay. student. He's in seminary, oh, yeah, and yeah. so he helps me. I can say these things and be like, "Is that being true?" Patronized? <laughs> it's not because I really do. I'm like, "Is this sounding? Am I saying the things that oh, you're sound yeah, you're what brilliant. I'm saying in my head?" Because sometimes they come out, and he's like, "You can't say that." I don't. People don't know what you mean. It's like <laughs> I don't know how to say it any We're clearer. A team. We're a team. <laughs> Uh, so let's look at First Corinthians 13 quickly, and then we're going to jump into First John 4, because that's kind of mm. the passage I want us to hang our hat on. But as we look at Christ, as we look at him uh, as love personified, uh, we start in verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. And then you can keep reading that passage. And we are not trying to proof text any of this. We are looking and going to the definition of love being worked out. The way of love is what it says. How can we, if God is love, how can we live out God in our marriage, in and through our marriage? Yeah. Well, we again, we look to the person of Christ the way God, the way Jesus loved us was a very, like, we used to, we say the word gritty, right? It's a very pure and gritty way. If you think about the cross and you think about the yeah. the fleshliness of it, uh, there's a grit that 
it took to, yes, he is fully God and fully man, but he wasn't the only one crucified. Hmm. And so to know that he went to that level of, um, I think just sacrifice pain and sacrifice and cost, sacrifice cost, yeah. and cost uh, should speak volumes to us about how we, how we can love one another beyond the feelings being absent or us even being angry and feeling fingers, feeling (laughs) feelings of anger. (laughs) Fingers of anger. Fingers of anger. Yeah. I I think we can gloss over the weight of what Paul is saying in first Corinthians 13, because it's just one of those verses that if you've been around the church, you've been to a number of weddings, you've heard love is patient, love is kind, blah, blah, blah. Like you just, you've heard those. And the thing is, okay, remember who Paul was, a Pharisee among Pharisees, the guy that had satisfied the law, every jot and tittle, as they say, had been satisfied by Paul. Paul? And, yeah, in the fact that he was this Pharisee that had been... Oh, okay. He, he was obeying the law, right? Sure. And he was, like he says, he was the Pharisee among Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, somebody who's been radically transformed with his encounter with Christ, mm-hmm. now turns a 180 and is now telling the people in Ephesus, or excuse me, in Corinth, what love is now? Why was what what occasion precipitated this response from Paul? Mm. Uh, remember, Corinth is an amazing. It, it was a, a busy, bustling city. Mm-hmm. It was right on an isthmus in I think modern day Turkey, and it, Corinth was right in the shadow of I think the Areopagus, which I think don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure I haven't studied it in many years since we wrote this book. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, is these people. That temple was a temple to the goddess of love, if I'm not mistaken, and they were mm. uh, they they were very in tune with their ideas of love. Is what I'm yeah. trying to say, and it started to have all these weird expressions within the Corinthian church. And Paul is coming to, as as somebody who loves them, who knows them, writes them the letter and says, uh, "This is actually what love is. Mm-hmm. This is actually what love is." So it's in many ways, it's almost. <laughs> I feel like they were probably having the same misunderstandings that our culture has today about love. Absolutely, absolutely. So we need to let this passage really bear its weight on us and tell us definitively, very descriptively, what love actually is. Right. So what's next? Sorry, and we can go through that line by line, or we could... Yeah, no, uh, we talked about how Jesus is uh, gritty and pure in his love for us. Uh, how he demonstrated it, the perfect lover of our souls. He's never mm. arrogant or rude. He was obviously incredibly selfless, mm. uh, selfless as you can get. He does not grow irritable or resentful uh, with us. And Jesus' love never fails or ends, which is very hard for us humans, I think, to comprehend. Yeah. Because I think many of us have probably experienced an, a, a, a break or a divorce or a brokenness that is, uh, I don't want to say divorce. I, I want to say you, if you look back at your life, there are some markers of brokenness where things mm-hmm. have been severed, and it feels like love ended there with that relationship. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is your marriage, or maybe that is um, your parents, or some some sort of like close relationship. And so, to contrast that breaking of love, or feeling like love has been broken and ended, to a love that never ends that was there before we existed, that will be there when we're not here on earth. Again, that's rooted in the character of, of God. Right. When scriptures tell us love never fails, anyone who's been in one of those situations like you're describing, they've been betrayed or they've experienced a brokenness, they will say, well, yeah, love failed me. And I guess what we're here to say is that love didn't fail, that person failed. Right. Love doesn't fail. People fail. Mm-hmm. And does that mean we abandon love 
himself? Does that mm. mean that we somehow turn our back on loving the way that we have been called now to love as those who are recipients of mm. that perfect love of God in Christ? And that's the challenge. Yeah. Is that love never fails. Right. We fail. As we humans. fail. Now, how do how, how where does where does that leave us? Right. I think is the question. Right. So that, finally, we're gonna get to first John four. We're gonna begin in verse seven that talks about the title is God is love. Imagine <laughs> that. All right. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that mm. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Mm. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I don't know how long I should go because <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I would say go a little bit further. Okay. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Mm. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses Mm. that Jesus is the son of God abides in him and he in God. So that's a full gospel appeal there. Appeal there. And this word propitiation, right? It's it's, it's a a 25 cent word. Uh, And I just think it really does make it clear, I think, mm. what is happening here in this passage that mm-hmm. John is writing. Uh, propitiation is is this idea that not only has my debt been paid, but now I've been credited hmm. with the righteousness of Christ. So good. So that's a love that doesn't just doesn't just satisfy the requirements of like the of debt. Sin yeah. of debt. But it's like if Selena, if you owe me five dollars and You some, owe me five dollars. <laughs> okay. Let's just be clear here. All right. Tooth between, I owe you, I owe you five dollars. Right? <laughs> if Jesus came and gave you five dollars on my behalf, now you and I would be good. We'd be even. Instead, Jesus didn't just give you five dollars; he gave you a thousand dollars and said it's from me. That's what propitiation is. Mm. We stand before God not as somebody who's just merely just somehow slipped in to the kingdom mm. of God, but no, we are now credited with the righteousness the of, of Christ. Heirs of Christ. Yeah. Co-heirs with Co-heirs. Christ. Think of the implications of that for how we love. Each other. How we love each other. Okay, so not only like husbands, wives, okay, you're watching this, you're listening to this, your spouse sins against you. Is it loving in this way to just say, all right, I forgive you, you're good. Like, fine, debt's paid, no no harm, no foul, water under the bridge, okay? I would contend that that is maybe halfway there. It's not just we're okay and I right. won't I won't bring it up again. But you know what? I'm still going to love you all the more. Right. And I'm going to give you like generous love in return. I'm not just going to say we're good, but now I'm going to go over and again right. and love, love You're you. You're letting go of that future, bringing it up or holding it over or any sort of, yeah. you hurt me again. I knew you would do this, right? It's it's I'm letting go of all that. And that is a beautiful example of Christ's love at work in us. Now, here's a big caveat. Does that mean that we're just these doormats no, in our right. marriage? No, cuz love also calls out sin and love also lets consequences bear their, you know, bear their course. Yeah. In other words, if if a husband or a or a wife is in habitual sin and they or in, you've had habitual infidelity or emotional affairs or whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. it's not just, "Oh, I'm good." Like, you're I forgive you. You're forgiven all love. Like forgiveness needs to happen, make no mistake. But trust 
that takes time. Yeah. And so we're not talking about just blind trust where someone has not earned your trust trust. or has not maintained your trust. Because trust is different in that fact. So that's different than what we're talking about. But love Love in its very essence is different. Yes. I think trust is something that you can work at and be and earn. Mm -hmm. Love is... Love is not. I'm trying to think of love is love is a choice and it's a given. Yes, and trust so is good. something that uh, is built and maintained over time. Very important. I'm going to read just a few more verses here. First uh, fifteen. First John four fifteen. First John four yeah. yeah fifteen. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is also, are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but Hmm. perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Wow. So we just read a, fir- a full chapter of First John, oh, there which you is go. awesome. There's your Bible reading for today. I mean, I just you can see it so clearly there. <laughs> There's a part in there where it says, those who love abide in God because God is love. Yeah. And like, it's one and the same. Like right. by loving in this way, I think is what, is what he's trying to say. By loving God's way, we are actually abiding in a sense in God himself. Mm. And that's, so that's why it's so important. We started out this whole episode talking about kind of the world's definition of love versus God's. That's why we yeah. have to not look at whatever we decide love is. Hmm. Words have meaning. And this, we're telling you the <laughs> meaning of the word love. Yeah. If we're saying that we're Christians, okay, not because obviously if you don't have a Christian worldview, we happen to believe it's the ultimate worldview, the, the ultimate truth. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to live our lives according to this. This is the way I need to love if I want love. Anything else is... It, John says it. You're a liar. Mm. You're not. You're 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 tricking yourself. Right. Right. So the markers of love in the life of a believer. It's how Mm. we love one another. How we are loving God. If we're God's people and we are interacting with Him, we are experiencing His love. We are letting His definition, who He is, Mm. bear weight on our lives, which should create an overflow of love towards one another. Mm. And what does that love look like? Markers of love, right, of a believer, one that can forgive uh, when forgiveness feels or seems like it shouldn't be an option. Mm-hmm. If an unbeliever is looking into your marriage and they see you forgive and they know your story, they know the pain mm-hmm. or the regret or the abandonment, whatever the brokenness is that your marriage has faced, they're going to question why are you doing that? Why, how can you still love that person? How can you still? Give of yourself to that relationship. You're not getting anything in return. And it's again, it's to them. it is, and it's yeah. not a call to being a doormat, right? We talked about that. This is a call to God has called. God has given up everything for me. I I want to yeah. live out this idea and this person of love that Jesus. Mm-hmm. He loved me so much that he died for me and he gave me new life, and I I'm credited this eternal life. But your husband's a total creep, and he, how could you even stand here and not just badmouth him with me? Right. And sometimes and, love just looks like not And you're saying, saying like, I can't do that because, <laughs> mm-hmm. again, all the caveats we just said, but here's what happens. When that person 
sees you faithfully living out God's Mm -hmm. definition of love. They're not just seeing Selena or Ryan or you living out love. What they are is they're seeing a glimpse into the very character of God himself. Mm -hmm. And what that does is that puts up your antennas as an, as an individual. And you're, you're thinking, I don't, I don't know what the, I don't, who is, what is this? Mm -hmm. I I want love. I want whatever that is. And that then becomes this uh, this amazing opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work. Mm-hmm. He's always at work, whether we give him opportunities or not. Right. But it gives us an opportunity then to say, "Listen, do you have questions? Like, do you? What else is our marriage for? But then, but to reflect mm. the eternal love of God in Christ in some dim fashion here on earth. So good in, in this manner. So, so good. Love is an amazing concept. It's so twisted <laughs> in in, in- worlds <laughs> in worldly ways. Yeah." If we can untwist it and we can align ourselves to God's vision of it, I'm confident that your marriage will flourish. Mm. Generally, your life will will flourish. It's not a guarantee that everything's going to go your way, but it is a guarantee that you are going to be living out God's version and vision for love and will always be better when we align ourselves with the very character of God. Right. So we talked about the definition of love who is love? What are the markers of love as a believer? And I this, thought you said makers of love. <laughs> so what kind of I mean, what, what kind of channel made, is this? You can make the love. So <laughs> it's the last question, <laughs> the last question that we're going to talk about here is how can we then, with the knowledge that we have received and we know and understand and believe about who love is, who hmm. God is, how can we then love our spouse better? So a bit more tangible, I think. Uh, for me, when I thought about this question of how can I love you better because of who I know love to be, um, mm. when I think about how I respond to uh, conversations that are f- maybe frustrating or triggering, or I hate to say we're triggering because there's just some things I just don't like. We like words like things. always and never. Those kinds of things are very frustrating yep. to hear. I think in marriage. So, how can I love you in those in those conversations? For me, it's taking that moment to not just react but respond. And I think you said, or someone said, the difference between a response and a reaction is is three seconds. Yeah, reaction and response. Brian, this yeah. last weekend. Yeah. So the three dif- seconds is the difference between reaction. a reaction and a response. Mm-hmm. It's all it takes. And you'd be amazed how just taking that extra three seconds will diffuse all manner of landmine. Mm-hmm in your marriage. Right. So even if I think that I'm right and I know that I'm right all the time, uh, I can still (laughs) be loving in how we seek out that truth together. And I can be selfless in that response and not just respond how I feel, but respond in a way that uh, will hopefully bring us closer to one another. Um, And we need the power of the Holy Spirit for that. And that's, I think, maybe where the next step is. We've covered a lot of ground today, so I even hesitate to go into it. But Here's the thing is if we try to live out what we're describing aside from the very giver of love himself, mm. I meaning if you're if you're a non-believer or your spouse is a non-believer and they say, Oh yeah, I love that. I love the idea that love is a covenant, it's not a contract, it's love is an action, it's not a feeling. Like love is yeah. primarily a choice. And saying, Yeah, all that makes great sense. Okay, but when the rubber meets the road, right. what's gonna It only takes I am you not so far. going to I'm going to 100% of the time, without the help of the Holy Spirit, I will 100% of the time go with my own flesh, mm. meaning I'll do what I want to do, what I think is right according to Ryan's right. thinking, when that's why we need the gift that Christ gave the Holy Spirit, our counselor, to mm. help us mm-hmm. well up from somewhere inside that mm-hmm. that realization that I am in fact loved. Now I can love my wife, even though 
she's acting real messed up toward me. (laughs) (laughs) I can still love her. And that's a profound, impossible thing to do outside of. When it becomes clear, I think when you start thinking about things like intimacy and how we can love each other Mm. more selflessly, right? And more patiently, Mm. more kindly. And how, what about our finances? How can we love each other within our financial decisions? We honor and respect one another. We we consult one another. We value one another's desires, opinions, and observations. And everything that you're saying yeah. too about the Holy Spirit being at work in us, there is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? And so mm. patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, all of these things are fruit that is being produced. And so again, we can't necessarily do it on our own. We might for a short time. But like he always says, it's like stapling fruit to a tree. It's just, it's not going to last. It's not going to grow and it's not going to be good. It's just going to fall and die and, everyone and knows get you blown did it. away. And everybody knows everybody you can see did it. it. <laughs> That's not right. Something's not right about it. There's fruit there, but it don't look right. It doesn't look right. <laughs> and it's got to grow from the inside. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. So looking at how we can love our spouse better through intimacy, through being patient, through being mm. kind in those areas finances, being selfless maybe, and mm-hmm. not always trying to just get ours. Priorities, how are we prioritizing each other, our marriage, mm-hmm. our relationship? Uh, I think one way we can love one another well is knowing each other's you know, love language, as we say. Uh, if he likes words of affirmations, how can I make that a priority in my day of affirming him and mm-hmm. how, how I know he receives love and how can he yeah. do the same for me? And then I think the last just little point here of how we can love one another well through conflict. And we sort of have touched on this a little bit, but when you, you and I are having a problem, having a little fight and conflict, how can we love each other well in those moments? Yeah. Um, I think typically we try not, we, we don't, but like things like name calling, things like. Yeah, there's some really tangible things that we've, the boundaries that we've drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, we said, we said the absolutes, are triggering. Yeah. Uh, they are. And here's one absolute for you is they never work. <laughs> uh, in marriage, Ironically. absolutes never work. Uh, in other words, the absolutes to be like, you always say, or you always do, or even comparing. You're never. <laughs> what does that work for you? Never. <laughs> or like uh, uh, comparing, you know, cheap shots, like, yeah. oh, you're just like your mother, or that's just like you to do that. Like throwing that in someone else's face, yeah. in your spouse's face, because you know it's one thing to say it because you made an observation. It's another to say it because you know, <laughs> like you know, it's going to push their big red button. Uh, and so that's some of that stuff, it's just immature. And so as a married couple, if you're wanting to move forward in your relationship, like you need to do mature things and not act like children all the time. And that's what in conflict, it's like, don't call each other names. That's very dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> immature. Don't, we don't use absolutes. We don't take cheap shots. We don't use it, intimacy as a, a weapon or a As tool. a weapon or a currency. And we don't... Uh, uh, one of the things we always say is we fight naked and that we don't bring weapons into battle because when you're... If you think... We'll talk about this at length. Trust me on the YouTube channel. <laughs> metaphorically. Speaking, yeah, literally. I mean, you he could, can. But fighting naked, if you think about someone going into battle, you've either got armor, so you've got your defenses up or you've got, you know, you've got places where you can hide your weapon or yeah. wield weapons. Your and we're saying like, listen, high. I'm here to duke this out with you, my my spouse, but I'm not going to defend myself in in these ways, and I'm not going to attack you in these ways. Instead, we're going to work through it productively. That's the essence of what mm-hmm. fight, fighting naked is. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that at length um, coming up here in, in, in a future episode. But um, <laughs> at length and fully clothed, you better believe it. This is not that kind of YouTube channel. And based on some advice channel. from a good friend, we're gonna I think probably come up with some T-shirts for that episode Ooh, to wear. It's just they fight sweet. naked on the front of them. Fight naked. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right, couples conversation challenge to wrap up this conversation. 
Look at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ask your spouse. This will really get you. <laughs> Ask right. your spouse how you can love them better. Give them some time to think and respond about that because I don't think well off the cuff. So here's here's another way to say exactly what you said. <laughs> sorry. Ask she them. She always has to do it better. I'm sorry. It's like moss on a Mississippi tree stump. <laughs> Uh, ask your husband, ask your wife, do I love you well? Do you think I love you well? And then the follow-up is, how can I love you better? That is better. Good job. Because then you're, you're, yeah, you're not just putting them on the spot, but you're asking them to reflect on That's you. good, because he's learned that I don't like being put on the spot. No. I don't either. respond well. It's okay. Yeah. All right. You all will have to wait to find out what the next episode is. We'll just keep you at bay. We'll keep but, you very titillated. Yes. Do you want to end in prayer? Yeah, let's, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for um, your word. I thank you for your love, mm. that you have not just told us about love, but you've shown it to us, and then you've allowed us to experience it. And now mm-hmm. you've, you've uh, asked us and given us a way to participate in love, through loving you, through being loved by you, through loving one another mm-hmm. in marriage. So thank you, Lord, for that. I pray for the husbands and the wives um, who are viewing or listening to this episode that you would encourage them and show them your love first and foremost, and may you empower them, Holy Spirit, to then mm. live out love in their marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we'll see you again. This Fierce Marriage. Oh, yeah, that's right. This episode goodness. of the Fierce Marriage podcast is? In the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. So until next time. Stay fierce. <laughs>